This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. Really what makes me come alive is all of the cookie baking. It's like what I live for every it looks like we're storyboarding, but we're just doing stand-up. <laughs> totally. Completely. Yeah. I mean, it was just supposed to be this like devilish metal good time. And um, I ended up calling it the the red wedding cake. Now I think my cousin might be a little jealous because <laughs> Pops and I are the best of friends now too. I think I stole Pops. Oops. <laughs> Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the I Love Funny Women podcast. I am your host, Dina Nina. I love May. Not because it's my birthday month, but because of the Eurovision Song Contest. So I used to do a radio show on Error FM called Dina's Pop Explosion, and every year I'd play all the amazing songs that were vying for the coveted winner spot of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this year, the Eurovision Song Contest has so many eyes on it due to the Netflix Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. But you guys, it's a real thing, and it is glorious. So here are my top five, although I rarely pick the winner. Uh, But at number five, I have James Newman from the UK with Embers. Number four, The Roop from Lithuania with Discotheque. Number three, Eden Aline from Israel with Set Me Free. You guys, it's so good. Uh, Number two, Sin Hit from San Marino with Adrenalina. And number one, I have Destiny from Malta with Jimakas. Um, She is so much fire, you guys, and she's just 18 years old. She won the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2015. And in 2017, she slayed the Britain's Got Talent stage. And she was only 14. And I am obsessed. So honorable mentions go out to Sweden and Spain. I'm so excited to watch this week. So it starts on Tuesday the 18th and it goes all the way through Saturday the 22nd. So if anybody is watching and wants to get in a conversation, hit me up on the socials at Dina Nina Martinez. I'd love to geek out over Eurovision with all of you guys. Also a huge thank you goes out to Venture with Vanessa from Instagram. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Post a video on Instagram, tag at I Love Funny Women with the hashtag Hey Dina, and you could be on the podcast or even on our YouTube. And we'd be so grateful if you could give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us with our visibility and helps this little podcast grow, grow, grow. Hey, this is Dora Girl Greg, and you're listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. So let's get into the news. The day we've all been waiting for has finally arrived. The CDC announced last week that if you're fully vaccinated, you ain't got to wear a mask. Although there are still spaces like planes, trains, buses, and congregate living that require mask wearing, those of us who had gotten the jab are free to get up into each other's face mask-free. And as you can easily tell who's vaccinated or not, this is going to be great. So many of us who are fully vaccinated will continue to wear masks in public spaces and should feel comfortable doing so. I also fully expect antagonism from those who are, well, antagonistic. Liz Cheney is out and Stefanik is in. Cheney, who has vocally opposed the big lie, survived an ousting just weeks ago, but Trump's iron clinch on the Republican Party has proven too much. Cheney was removed from party leadership and replaced with Elise Stefanik, and let's be clear, Cheney is conservative. 
very conservative. While Stefanik is conservative, but not as conservative as Cheney, the GOP has proven that they have no principles except to protect and defend their Fuhrer. Hell Trump! Usually the winners rewrite history, but last week the GOP downplayed the January 6th insurrection. Representative Andrew Clyde had this to say... There was no insurrection, and to call it an insurrection, in my opinion, is a bold-faced lie. Watching the TV footage of those who entered the Capitol and walked through Statuary Hall showed people in an orderly fashion staying between the stanchions and ropes taking videos and pictures. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. Really? Orderly? Normal tourist visit? Were we watching the same thing? I, I'm so confused. We all saw what happened on that day. I obsessively watched the event in real time and they were coming after members of Congress. And you're saying that it was a normal tourist visit? <laughs> Internet trolling is one thing, but you guessed it, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the consummate troll. If you put her on a pencil and twist her, her hair looks hilarious. This GOP mosquito who just won't die is at it again trolling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her staffers in person in what can best be described as stalking, allegedly. I know we're feeding into her plan to dominate the media, but seriously, she's a train wreck and I can't look away. Finally, the pepper to Marjorie Taylor Greene's salt, Matt Gates seems to be slipping deeper and deeper into the boiling pot that's full of hot water. Like a poor little lobster, Gates is acting like it's not getting hot. But former associate Joel Greenberg has pled guilty to quite a few federal charges, which include sex trafficking. Greenberg is cooperating with feds amid allegations that Representative Gates had a post-event after party where he did cocaine with escorts. I mean, who hasn't, though? That's all we have for this week's news. Now let's check in with our resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden. The sun moves on through Taurus and trines with Pluto and Capricorn. Transformation is the theme. As the sun enters Gemini, we tune into our internal guidance for some sexy, intuitive playtime. I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden, and this is Sex with the Stars. The sun is completing its transit through Taurus and trines with Pluto and Capricorn. We have a few days to take stock of the meaning of the past few years. What was painful? Where did we grow? How did we treat each other? And what does love truly mean? What's love got to do? The transformative energy of Pluto is helping us to turn our pain into wisdom and knowledge. Use this wisdom to empower your sex life. You can experience less pain internally while wisely using the pleasures of pain in the sack. You like that? We'll get a resolute glimpse that will affirm what we've gone through as we use our wisdom and growth to our betterment. What has the past few years brought us in terms of how we embody and relate to sex and relationships? Where have we healed and who have we become? Knowing these things enhance the way we experience physical merging and self-pleasure. The sun enters Gemini in the 20th. You have permission to set the adulting aside and to really delve into the joy and freedom of the playful energy that Gemini is ushering in. Here is your seat. Listen to your inner child and honor their voice so that you and your partner can bring in more freedom and joy into your relationships. If you're the femme Gemini, really lean into hearing and listening to your soul and those around you. If you do, 
you'll get the playtime you really want, honey. Reset. The sun joins Venus in Gemini, bringing an extra playful boost to our sexcapades. Turn that sandbox into a sexy love box, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes, hunting. Venus's sensuality and patience will give you the boost you need. As I've mentioned, listening is important. Excuse me, what? And your communication with your body and your partner can really renew the love you felt that may have been waning and can improve all of your relationships, be they platonic or carnal. Right. Let your body do the talking. The Gemini energy is provocative and ready for some liberal liaisons. Hello. Oh, hi. You could work on some of your mother issues with some dress up power playtime. You never loved me. <laughs> As the femme Gemini has a tendency to wounding from mother, it could be helpful to honor that inner child, tap into the universal mother to assist you with reparenting so that your partner doesn't have to play that role and do it with playfulness. Who's up for a game of Parcheesi? To love from a place of wholeness instead of a place of woundedness. I'm your resident sextrologist, Renee Hyden, and this has been Sex with the Stars. Back to you, Dina. Thanks so much, Renee. You can find her on Instagram at Renee Hyden Soul Therapy. Hey, all you funny women. It's Door Girl Greg, and I'm here to say thank you for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. And if you haven't yet, go over to the socials. Go to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or even YouTube and check out at I Love Funny Women. Do it now. Do it. Do it, and I'm going to pour sparkles all over you. Hey, everyone. So we are so excited about this week's guest. Um, she is the co-host and co-producer of... Can You Help Us Get Famous? She is an LA-based stand-up comedian, and she just started her own company called <laughs> Period Pastries. What? Please welcome Danny Brooks. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much. So exciting um, to be here. Thank you. Of course. So uh, love your podcast. Um, love you. you. Can't even get enough of you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's start with how you got into comedy. Well, um, after I had my second child, I basically just decided that I was not too tired anymore and I could go back to doing some sort of performing. Um, and it was something that people had mentioned to me over the years I should try uh, try doing. Um, so I just decided to take a stab at it. I took my first class over at Flappers. Um, I think it was in 2018, back in February. And then, uh, so it's been about three, three-ish years, I guess, that I've been doing stand-up. Um, and since then, I've taken a lot of classes with Bobby Oliver over at Dow Comedy Studio. Um, so it's been only a couple of years, but I really love it so far. Awesome. We know Bobby <laughs> really well over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's really rad. I, I love that you're like, I had enough energy to do comedy. <laughs> I didn't think I could do it. And you know what? I really think that I found it at the right time because I think when I was in my early 20s, um, it would have been a real, I would have gotten myself into trouble, I think, with my mouth. And I think now I'm more myself. I knew who I am, you know, in my 30s. So I think yeah. it's just better this way. <laughs> I love, totally. If I would have started in my 20s, I would have, my mouth would have gotten me in trouble, but so would everything else. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Everything happens when it's supposed to, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so how do you manage um, 
being a mother to two children and doing comedy. That's like, it's a lot. Um, well, before the pandemic, there was a lot of babysitters helping me. Um, so I would get home from work when I was doing production accounting before. Um, so I'd be racing home from a studio, picking up the kids, coming home, and I would have about 20, 30 minutes with them before I'd be going back out the door to wherever I was going for a mic or for a show. Um, and if I didn't have a babysitter, my husband is always super supportive and, um, you know, takes over when I can't be there. We we do a pretty good job of having a balanced parenting lifestyle. So yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And with the pandemic, it's just been, everything's been flipped on its head, you know? Um, so the Zoom thing, a lot of people don't like it, right? But I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I love it, but it's a lot easier to parent this way than it is yeah. to, you know, having to be going to a studio for the podcast, having to go to all over town for different mics and shows or whatever. So um, it has its benefits, but I do miss, you know, being the in person. Stage. Yeah. Is it go coming ahead. back in LA? Yes. So I just went to an open mic that was in like a backyard. That was very cool. Um, it was an all women's mic called Witty Titties. Oh. Um, yes. Um, Genesis Soul is the producer for that one. And she actually had me come and sell my period pastries there. And I did the mic. So that was exciting. And then I did do a show at Dow that was outdoors. But that's it so far. It's, I think now that with the new restrictions, a lot more is going to start opening up. So mm. We'll see what happens. I think Zoom is still going to remain in place, though, don't you? Yeah, 100%. And I think I've been saying this from the start. Like, the convenience of doing online comedy and for both performers and access to audience members. Like, right. I, you know, I moved from Los Angeles in 2012, and I've been working with comics from L.A. that I know for uh, for this whole time period and it like oh, wow. after not seeing them forever and all of a sudden being on shows with them it's like I want to talk to you off, off the camera right now you know like <laughs> it's been and, exciting right and then yeah. you get to meet people from all over the world you know I was doing some mics with people in uh was it one of them was in China maybe or something it's crazy mm -hmm. I think that was the furthest away when I was doing one it was just nuts but it was really yeah. fun too exciting isn't it Mm -hmm. I, uh, we had a couple of, of comics from one, one lives in Japan and one lives in Germany, uh, wow. or two live in Germany that were on our panel discussion, uh, for the lady laughs comedy women's okay. comedy summit. So it was kind of cool. And, and that is definitely one of those things that's really, uh, changed. I, you know, I run a festival, so having people come from all over the country in Canada has been amazing over the years, but being able to do it online all the time, it's so right. rad. Yeah, it does have its benefits. I mean, I know the the festival that Bobby's doing, it's kind of going to be a mix this year. So that should mm -hmm. be fun. Whereas last year it was all on zoom because of the pandemic. So yeah. it'll be nice to have a blend of that because I was worried that some people who we've been doing mics with for, you know, over a year with would miss out on it because of, you know, whatever travel restrictions there are, whatever, but kind of get to do both of them, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I teach stand up too. So a lot of my students, yeah, that just came through class right before the pandemic. I was like, they're going to get lost. How is this going to happen? And I've seen a few of them really shine doing virtual this whole time. So it's been That's kind really of interesting cool. and cool. And I think they'll be better for it on stage, you know? 
Yeah, I noticed um, when I did the mic the other night that I just feel a little bit more comfortable because uh, with people staring at you, I guess, because like when you're when you're usually doing stand up and the audience is harder to see, for example, you know, it's you can't be as conversational and on Zoom sort of forces you to be a little bit more conversational because everybody's looking at you if they've turned on their camera. So now it makes it a little bit more comfortable making eye contact with, with people, you know, because as a newer comedian, it's like that's still something that frightens me is just like interacting directly with someone right in front of me um but i'm getting a little bit better at it so that's good (laughs) awesome and kudos for you for continuing throughout the the pandemic oh my gosh (laughs) for a minute i didn't do anything for a minute i think it was like february through april i was like i'm not doing anything i don't want to sit in front of the computer and do all this um and then by april i was like i miss it i just (laughs) I just started finding mics. I was like, if this is what we have to do, this is what we're going to do. So, right. you know, I gave into it and, um, and now it's like the opposite. Now it's like, oh my God, I have to put away all of my zoom notes <laughs> to go on stage and not use my little note cards, you know, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is, <laughs> that has been a saving grace of doing new material with everything <laughs> taped on my ring light. It's just like papers all around. <laughs> It looks like we're storyboarding, but we're just doing stand-up. <laughs> totally, completely. Why do I have sketches on my uh, on my stand-up notes? Like I, <laughs> so random. I love it. So, um, let's talk about period pastries because okay. I really, um, I, I you followed us on on um, Instagram through period mm-hmm. pastries, and I just became obsessed with the food that you're creating because I'm fat and I love food. I have an emotional <laughs> void and I love pastries. You know, like it's <laughs> how did you get into baking first of all? You know, I had always loved sweets growing up. I think that's one thing my mom would tell you, you know, there wasn't probably a night after uh school that I didn't have ice cream before bed or whatever. Um and you know, I used to be the kid who'd be like, Mom, can we get the box of brownies at the store or whatever? And then eventually I would randomly make things um from scratch but what i always loved most was christmas time and i always thought i loved christmas because of you know the obvious reasons like gifts and everything but really what makes me come alive is all of the cookie baking it's like what i live for everywhere and it makes me feel so happy when i'm baking and so as the holidays got closer during the pandemic i started just, you know, saying, well, why don't I try something different? So for Thanksgiving, I tried to make um, a pumpkin pie and it turned out really great. And then for Christmas, I made a cheesecake and it turned out really great. In addition to like all the cookies and stuff that I usually make. And then I made this ridiculous apple pie for New Year's Eve. And my friends were like, okay, so like you have to start selling this stuff. It's too good. (laughs) And so then I got cocky and I was like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn how to make macarons. And my best friends who work at they were like, we, they work in fine dining. So they were like, okay, crazy. But I went ahead <laughs> and I did it. So now I have, um, you know, sort of like a little, you know, what do they call it? A notch on my belt because I can, I can do the macarons and I can do, you know, what seems like basic stuff as far as making cookies or whatever. People think that that's very pedestrian, but, um, you know, I have some tricks up my sleeve that make mine taste pretty good. So I love making cookies. I just got done making what, like three dozen this morning. Um, Yeah, I just kind of fell into it. And, you know, I didn't realize how happy it made me until the pandemic. So I guess if it weren't for all this being at home all the time, I wouldn't have been able to really discover it like I did. That's that's a cool perk. 
Okay, let's talk about that birthday cake that gushed in the middle that you made <laughs> recently. Yes. So I was approached by um, a day Zay, who uh, is a client that I uh, got through a friend. And she said to me she wanted a rock and roll metal cake. And um, it was going to be like a devil themed cake. And she wanted it to bleed. And uh, I said, okay, I think I can do that. Because as it, as it turned out that same morning, my friend Amber, who is super into baking as well, uh, had sent me a picture of a bleeding cake. I have no idea how the universe works, but I got her text and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I literally just got an order for a bleeding cake. So I just went to work. I made a test cake to see if it worked and it was a big fail. Um, it, like I cut it and like all of the juice I mean, it's coolie, but I mean, my kids yeah. call it raspberry juice. So, um, which, you know, it's, it's like a very thin jam essentially. So, uh, <laughs> with alcohol in it. So anyway, yes, it's soaked, <laughs> yes, it soaked <laughs> right into the cake and I was like, Hmm, well, that's not good. So then I did another one, a smaller one where I kind of carved out the inside and iced the inside and then sort of made like a, a pool of the, um, the raspberry coolie and that one worked. So when I made it for a day's day, she had it for like a full day before she had the party. And so I was very concerned that like something would happen and like it would all seek like seep through. <laughs> but it was apparently it went really well. One of my friends was there at her party, the one person who was like our bridge, you know, and um she took pictures of it and said it was amazing. So yeah, I mean it was just supposed to be this like devilish metal good time and um I ended up calling it the the red wedding cake because that's what a day say had uh suggested. So I was like, you know, you you asked me to do this cake. Lots of times if it's a custom cake that someone asked for, I name it after them or I take the name that they suggest just because it's like my little homage thanking you for trusting me, you know? Yeah. They could have gone to anywhere to get like a real patisserie cake and they came to me. So I, it was gorgeous. And I was just like, oh my God, if that was vegan, I would be all about it. <laughs> I could probably, I could probably make it vegan. I know that my, so Amber, my friend who I was just telling you about, um, she, Amber Carverly is her name and she has um, a blog called Mortician in the Kitchen. And she posts, uh. She does all sorts of things that are vegan um, and she's also a mortician. So a lot of her stuff is funeral food themed. Um, so what, what we try to do oftentimes is I will make a regular version of something and then she will make a vegan version of it and we will discuss. So uh, <laughs> I think I could probably figure out how to do it for you if you're ever in town. <laughs> I will. I will definitely keep that in mind. Um, if I come back to town, I will probably be on a diet for <laughs> whatever reason. <laughs> Just to avoid all of the cake. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, I find it so interesting. And you started this just over like the holidays this year or that yeah, just I think we, yeah. I had open period pictures in January. I was talking to the girls on one of the Dow mics about it. And I, I actually made a joke on a mic saying that I was going to call it period pastries because every time I came up with something tasty, I was on my period and they were all like, yes, yes, this is the name of your bakery. This has to be the name. And I was like, are you guys sure it's not like gross or anything? And they're like, no. So I said, okay, fine. So then I remember that my babysitter travels um, to Indian to India with another family that she babysits for. And when they go, they bring um, these pads 
reusable pads to girls at a school called FFLV.org. Um, and they come from an underprivileged community. And FFLV.org not only helps these young girls with getting period support, they also do, you know, food drives and all sorts of things for the community. But the good thing that they do is protect these girls from, you know, being sold into marriage, mm. from, from being raped. Because what happens apparently is when they have to go purchase pads, they go to literally like a hut and there's a man who runs the hut and he will let the community know that that girl is now fertile. So oh. this program that Lisa is a part of when she goes to India, uh, takes paths to them. So I wanted to do period pastries only if I could link up with their organization. So what, what happens for me is a portion of my sales, I donate to FFLV.org so that they can get the period project together to send over the paths to the girls. Oh my God. That's so rad. Yeah. So that I was like, I'll do the name, but it just can't be tongue in cheek. It has to actually benefit. So I'm starting with the, with the organization in India. And then, you know, as hopefully this thing grows, I will do more local things. There's a lot of women shelters that could use help out here. And I'm also born and raised in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. So I'd love to you know, make some donations over there, but just yeah. starting small right now. And um, I just kind of lucked out with having people who, who know people to sort of get that whole thing going. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful. One of the people I met through there helped me with my website. So it's just, it's been really um, amazing how quickly it's gone. And I can't believe that it's already what almost, it's almost June now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So I think it was January 11th was the first day I announced it. I can't even believe it. If you had told me this time last year that this is what I'd be talking about with you today, I'd be like, no way. Absolutely not. You're high. I love <laughs> it. And most likely I'd be high. Um, yeah, me too. Me too, right? And we're like, hey, we wouldn't be sure what was happening. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about your podcast. You host it with it's Catherine Pobbs, Pavanelli, um, and she usually goes by Pobbs in comedy. So uh, I think Catherine is is uh, her work name. But when she gets introduced on stage, it's Catherine Pobbs, Pavanelli. Yes, we like to joke. We just did a show the other day where we both introduced ourselves as the better half of the Can You Help Us Get Famous podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> We're really nice to each other. Yeah, our our story is very interesting. Actually, we uh, we didn't know each other until college, but uh, she was roommates with my baby cousin Meredith, and so oh. I met her. Yeah, I met her many years ago when she was just a little baby, and I was a little baby, and uh, we weren't really friends then. But then we ended up in my cousin's wedding together. Maybe I think they've been married for like six or seven years. And she told me at the wedding that she was thinking about moving from Chicago to LA. And I was like, oh, you'll have to let me know when you come. And, you know, it sort of just fell off my radar. And then my cousin said to me, Pavs is moving. And it so happened to be in 2018, right when I was thinking about doing stand up. So my cousin said, you should talk to her. She's done so much stand up. So I said, okay, great. And so I connected with her and she kind of took me under her wing, taking me to mics and encouraging me and helping me with my jokes and things like that. And um, sort of being the little push I needed and the support. It felt like having family go with you because she's so tight with my cousin and stuff. And yeah. um, now I think my cousin might be a little jealous because <laughs> Pops and I are the best of friends now too. I think I stole Pops. Oops. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, can you help us get famous? How did that come about? Um, you know, because that's always everyone's question right now. Like, <laughs> can you help right. me? 
<laughs> I know. Well, that's what we, you know, we started thinking about how many people we know. Um, and in particular, me, you know, having lived in LA since 2005, I've worked at, you know, three major studios, a couple independent places. I've made a lot of contacts over the years. So we got to talking about that. And she was like, I mean, we need to do a podcast. And we couldn't think about, we couldn't come up with a name, but we knew we wanted to do something that was obnoxious. Um, and we, we knew we wanted to do something that was like asking people to help us get famous. We just didn't really know what we were going to do. So when we came up with the concept, we decided we would do celebrity gossip. Um, we would do a guest interview with some sort of professional who's either up and coming um, or someone who's very well established in their business, you know, and then um, we would do a film review of the guest choice. And so we are now, I think we just recorded our 57th episode and uh, we're in season three and it's just nuts. Like, I can't believe how long we did it for. We did almost a whole year on Zoom as well. We used to record over at the Ruby in mm -hmm. LA, which is sadly now gone. Now they moved it to downtown LA. And I think they lost their spot again during the pandemic. Um, and then we did Pincroft Loft. But um, yeah, we've we've been really lucky with uh, having a lot of different guests from all around the entertainment uh, world. We've had executive producers from writers, assistants, makeup artists, um, accountants, because I know a lot of them too, unfortunately. <laughs> from having worked in finance for so long but um it's just been a really cool experience we we've never had one guest um ask for the same movie twice so we've okay. watched yeah it's really great like that's how unique people are like we never get someone who has the same favorite movie because that's usually what people do is they'll pick their favorite movie um what did we do this last week we watched um galaxy quest <laughs> oh my <laughs> god i love that movie I hadn't seen it in forever and I totally forgot like the premise of it and I got really high before I watched it and it was so funny and I realized like the reason I might not have remembered a lot of it is because you're supposed to be high and I probably watched it when I was like really <laughs> really way too young to understand or grasp that I needed to be high to watch this movie. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I've only seen it not high. So I'm really, I'm going to have to watch it high now. <laughs> yes, you should. It's really good. <laughs> I love it. Missy Piles in that movie. I just was like, um, I love her. Yes. It's so, so good. There's so many people in it um, that I didn't even realize were in it then, you know, that are now yeah. like super famous for other reasons, you know, like Rain Wilson is randomly in there. I had no and, idea. And the thing, especially watching it as a nerd, it's brilliant. Like, yes. I, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, this is so funny. Right. Because I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and it's funny, like, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I loved Star Trek growing up. My dad and I, we would always watch that. So, like, I, when I saw that movie, I was just like, oh, my gosh, they are really, like, nailing it with what that show was like and how ridiculous it was. <laughs> so, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? I have, I, I would say I have two i love the movie american beauty and i also love the movie life is beautiful okay those are my those are my two faves i would say very serious very serious i like drama mm. i love it i love drama too but i so i kind of have like different like i have four movies that i'm obsessed with so muriel's wedding is my all-time oh. favorite movie all-time okay. favorite movie check so and then practical magic well, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. I love that. But then I get serious with East West, which is a French oh. film with Catherine Deneuve, and it okay. was—it's like the most beautiful movie I have ever seen in my life. It's gorgeous. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you on the podcast so you can make us watch one of those movies. I don't Let's think we've done do it. Let's do it. I don't think I can. I don't think I can help you get famous, but at least <laughs> nobody, nobody can. That's the best part. It's so funny. Like our the last question we ask everyone in their interview is how can we leverage your fame and contacts in order to help us get famous. And it is, it like literally brightens our day to watch some people squirm and then other people get like really nervous. Other people come up with like super funny ways that they can get us famous. Cause they'll be like, Oh, I've been thinking about this and here's what I'm going to do for you. And, but then we get like genuine offers from some of the people who are writers like, you know, we'll read your script that you guys are doing. We'll help you. We'll help you push it, whatever you guys need, which is just super cool because we, yeah, we're just fucking around. <laughs> I mean, we, you can help us get famous by all means, but like for the most part, we're just fucking around. <laughs> totally. I love it. It has been a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. And you can find Danny on, tell us where you can find us on all the socials and. Yes. So on Instagram, I am the underscore Danny underscore Brooks. And then on Twitter, it's just the Danny Brooks. Um, and then the podcast is at help us get famous on Twitter and Instagram. And then the uh, bakery is at period pastries on both Twitter and Instagram. I got too many things to plug here. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I, I, I'm with you. I have like 20 Instagram accounts <laughs> that I'm still like, some of them I use. <laughs> I know. I have too many too. I have one for um, a play that is not done being written. My daughter, a, a YouTube show. I'm like, what are all these accounts that I have? It's insane. <laughs> completely well Danny it's been a pleasure thank you again for joining us on I Love Funny Women of course thanks for having me (laughs) and that's all the time we have thanks for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast you can find us on all the social medias at I Love Funny Women and find us on our YouTube as well this podcast was written by me Dina Nina Martinez and you can find me on Instagram at Dina Nina Martinez find our guest Danny Brooks on Instagram at the underscore Danny underscore Brooks. You can find our glamour store girl Greg on Instagram at Gigi Potter. And of course, our amazing announcer Krista Garner can be found on Instagram at Krista Garner. This is an Artemis Glow Studio production in association with Crossover Media and AMG Group. See you next week or on YouTube. <laughs>